Don't look now. Well, welcome back to Don't Look Now, the glorious podcast with your hosts, Will Hegeman, me personally, and uh, Jenny, Jenny McDonald, McDonald our glorious researcher-in-chief and uh, finder of cool stories. So, uh, so what have you got for us today, Jenny? Well, my dad has been listening to our podcast, and so every time I see him, he's like, you know what you should do a podcast on? And I had decided I was going to do a theme because the month of October is coming up and I was going to do all this research and have everything prepped. And then I got super sick and I only got a handful of things done. So I needed a backup. So I did a story dad told me about last night and then I got two into it. And then my computer shut down. And so I started over. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you a romantic story because why not? Sounds good. That's what October's for. Well, this one might be before October. Who knows where we're at? So, the year of 1887, a young man is born in Latvia. His name is Edward Lidskalnen, right? He grows up like any normal young gentleman in pre-war times, and he falls head over heels at the age of 26 to 16-year-old Agnes Skvitz. Agnes Skvitz. All right. It's spelled Skuffs. Well, no, it's pronounced Skuffs. All right. But it's spelled Skvitz. All right. I don't know where we're at with that. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Spelling's difficult. Uh, So she's 10 years younger than him, and he has this nickname that he calls her or refers to her as Sweet 16. Okay. Which is kind of creepy. Vaguely creepy. Yeah. It's super creepy. So they're set to be married because this is the 1800s, which doesn't make it as creepy for some reason. (laughs) But one day beforehand, she calls the entire wedding off. Okay. So heartbroken, he does what anybody would do. He's just had his heart stomped to a million pieces. He moves from Latvia to North America. Okay. Starts afresh. As one does. Right. In the next few years, he lives in Canada, Texas, and California. Somewhere along the way, though, he develops tuberculosis. Okay. When this happens, he decides, I'm going to move to Florida because the climate's going to help my lungs. Because during this time, everyone was convinced that sea air was, like, the best for tuberculosis. Okay. Yeah, nothing like moving to the gigantic swamp that is Florida for your health. So Yeah, usually with lung diseases, you try to move to a dry, arid climate, not yeah, yeah. a wet, swampy yeah, yeah. disgustingness. Oh, well. <laughs> so he moves there, and he has a remission of his tuberculosis. Oh, hey, it worked. And in 1918, he decides he's going to build his own home. Okay. Now, Will, you lived in Florida for a while. Yeah, I'm trying to think of weird homes in Florida. Good. That's exactly where I want your head. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think. So, he's extremely quiet. Okay. He's five foot tall and weighs 100 pounds. Already? So, he's a small dude, right? Yeah. He builds this gigantic home by himself, 100%. Oftentimes, building after dark so people can't see what he's doing. Oh, I think I... It just hit you, didn't it? Yeah, I'm recognizing it now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And in 1936, he learns that his neighborhood's going to be turned into a subdivision. And since he's super private, this is the worst news that he could be receiving. And since he'd put so much time into this house, he's like, fine, I'll just move the house. So he picks it up brick by brick and relocates the whole house 10 miles away. This house is called the Coral Castle. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. I, I... 
at least know of it. I don't know really anything about it, but I just know that the, the kind whole, of vague story, yeah, just the vague story, and how he managed to pull all this off as a tiny guy because it's it's massive, so, right? Yeah, right. So you can Google it. It's not actually coral. Um, mm. It's stand, it's sandstone. Okay. Um, but yeah, when I first heard this story was when the internet first came about. You could first search for things on the internet. And I searched and searched and searched, and there was nothing yet. Um, so now this time when I did it, I had a much more fruitful search, oh, and it was good. a lot more exciting because I'd seen some TV show that it was on or something okay. and needed more information <laughs> because that's what we do in the Internet. Um, so it's said that he built this house as a testament to his lost love. So we're going to talk about what this house is. So the, he starts construction in the spring of 1923, and he builds what's called the only modern monolith still around today. Um, he works mostly alone and mostly at night, and he quarries and sculpts more than 1,100 tons of oolite limestone, limestone, not sandstone, into this architectural and engineering marble, nice. is what they call it. And it's actually quite intense if you look at pictures online. There's a yeah. lot going on. Uh, and he only ever uses basic tools and salvages auto parts to make the house, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. So, oolite is a sedimentary rock that has fossils and coral in it, and it's found in Florida. Um, and the stones in the house are put together only by gravity. There's no mortar. The joints are locked, though. Yeah. And no light passes between any layers because he did such accurate smithing. Uh, even with the passing of time, he has an eight-foot-tall fence around the, the house. Even though it's settled, it's still perfectly even. Nice. So he did a very good job is what I am saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get there. But the, I guess the reason I've heard of it is comparisons to pyramid building and yeah. people saying, well, you know, because everyone's, the aliens had to have built the pyramids right. or whatever else because they're so perfect and the stones sit together and you're like, well. There's also a place in South America where this is the same, like, yeah. tale. Like, no human with their hands could yeah. build such perfect joints. Like, and some dude who wasn't even skilled in this direct art managed to do to this do, somehow. do this, yeah. 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 Right, and we'll get yeah, we we'll, kind of get there and kind of don't. Okay, it's kind of a roundabout story. Cool. Yeah. Well, so continue on, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty much I know have exhausted all I know about the coral castle. So oh, there you go. I can't believe you guys didn't go when you were in Florida. No, I, I, that makes me sad. I don't think I even knew about it until after we left Florida. But well, that would have been during the internet dark ages, so I allow this. So there's an 8.2 ton, eight foot tall gate that, on its own, is just super famous because. It's carved to fit within a fourth of an inch of the walls, nice. so it's super tight. And it's so well balanced that a child could use their finger and barely push it, and it swings open. Nice. Right? And no one really understood how this worked until 1986, or so like 50 years later, the door broke. Okay. Now, to get the door off of the hinge, it took eight workmen and a 45-ton crane. <laughs> right? And they discovered that Ed had centered and balanced it on a metal shaft and a truck bearing. Nice. And what happened was the metal shaft had started to rust. Okay. And so that was what broke. So they replaced that whole thing and the door was set back in place. However, because we don't build things well in yeah. modern times and it's not 1920s car truck bearings. Yeah. Um, and it's the 1980s. It broke okay. <laughs> so they had to redo it again in 2005 nice. um it doesn't work as nice as it used to so a child probably can't finger poke it anymore <laughs> but it still works which is pretty impressive that is impressive so eventually uh word gets out about this house because you know people start talking and people are looky-loos and they start popping through and checking through the windows and seeing what's going on 
Um, and Ed does not particularly like this, mm-hmm. but he's also a capitalist. So he's like, you know what I could do is charge people. So he does. Okay. 10 cents per person. And this literally is because they keep stomping on his shrubbery and it's pissing him <laughs> off. <laughs> and he's like, well, if you're going to stomp on my shrubs, I need to replace them occasionally. So here's 10 cents. Yes. But even if he couldn't pay, he'd be like, whatever, just come in and just check it out. Um, and then people are like, wait, how did this tiny little man build this giant complex of stone all by himself? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And there's tons of ideas. Some are pretty obvious. He uses pulleys. There you go. Maybe he used magnetism. Magnetism, huh? <laughs> it's very science. It's like the excuse of everyone that, you know, is not a scientist for anything ever happening. It's, it's Actually, their argument magnetism. for magnets is pretty solid. Oh, yeah? I'll, I'll have to hear this then. Yeah. I mean, if it was real. But then there's the best, which is, of course, witchcraft and extraterrestrials. Okay, yeah. Right. Right up there with magnetism. Yeah. And Ed himself, when people ask, just kind of is like, yeah, you know... I unlocked the secrets of the pyramids. It's really not that difficult if you understand how (laughs) magnets and leverage works. Yeah, no problem. And once you know what you're doing, it's really, it's just not that hard. (laughs) Clearly. Right? So he is kind of a notorious eccentric. um, And so I kind of wonder if this whole story about this being a monument to his lover is totally faked. Yeah. Uh, Part of this is, is that... The, the whole sweet 16 thing doesn't necessarily always relate to Agnes. Okay. And if you look back at their, they actually went to Latvia to find out more about his history there. She never existed there. It was a totally different woman named Hermine Lucis that he was supposed to be marrying. Huh. Right. And he is kind of different. So he makes these pamphlets that he sells to his tourists. Now, I don't know if he's a jokester or if he's super serious, but Okay. Um, so they're super old school thinking from the 1920s, like kind of, huh. uh, Nazis. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's political pamphlets, not just like how I, how it, I made my house no, pamphlets. Nothing right. about this, how he made his house. Okay, it's, it's just, like how a woman should live. One's called a book in every home. And this is probably like the one that I was like, oh, gross. That's the kind of guy you were. Yeah, yeah. So his theory was that if women read books, that then they were ruined, um, and an educated woman was the worst thing that could happen. That they should just at sixteen was when they, if you Time let them read, off, huh? Huh. then they developed their own mind, and then they wouldn't be homemakers. But oh, if you man. stopped at sixteen, they were still pure, <laughs> right? Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, he liked uneducated women. And then another fun note from Latvia is that there's this rumor he has to leave Latvia because. He was involved in an armed uprising in 1905. would do it. And the SARS secret police were after him. Because this would have been the last SARS of Russia. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, So he ends up in lumber mills in Canada, California, and Texas. So remember I said he moved to Florida because he had tuberculosis. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he had a remission, and he decided the remission was because he used magnets to heal himself. Which a lot of people believe in magnetic healing. I, I don't know. Um. And magnets in general were just something that he was interested in. One of his pamphlets was on magnetic current. And he says that gravity is an illusion that masks the true nature of magnetic attraction between all objects. <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not going to comment. but Will loves this. Yes. I'm going to yeah. go more into this for Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Yeah. He further says, because the magnet can be shifted and concentrated, you can see that the metal is not the real magnet. 
The real magnet is the substance that is circulating in the metal. Each particle in the substance is an individual magnet by itself and both the north and south pole individual magnets. They're so small they can pass through anything. In fact, they can pass through metal easier than through air. They're in constant motion, running one kind of magnet against the other, and if guided, the rich channels, they possess perpetual power. Hmm. So some of that is vaguely true. I mean, yeah, magnets actually exist because of magnetic dipoles that exist inside, you know, atoms aligning and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, the metal isn't the magnet. The magnet is the molecules of the metal aligned properly to do whatever, but... After that, it's it's bizarre. So. <laughs> this is another example of we took something vaguely scientific. Yes, exactly. We take a thing and then we run with it to where it's it's in la la land. You took that, it yeah. a little too far, friends. Just a bit, yeah. That's okay. It's all, it's all good. You can <laughs> pretend to have artistic license with science, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, I know. Well, so taking this magnetic theory and running with it, the mm-hmm. show that I saw in the '90s was called Extreme Mysteries. Okay. And I found a bunch of articles and got to watch the little clip of it on the internet. Um, so they've decided that Ed has found a way to reserve the magnetic pole within individual objects, which causes them to be repelled rather than attracted to the Earth itself. <laughs> he did this by using a system of flywheels, radio transmitters, relay boxes, charged electrical coils, and things that are wrapped around blocks. <laughs> So <laughs> that's what we learn in EM theory, right there. That's that's you know. they created a magnetic reverser tool. Yeah, yeah, that that works for that big works stones. for gravity. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is how you reverse gravity. Gravity is actually magnetism. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Oh, I was like, is it? <laughs> no, Shit, it's not. I missed that one in my physics. Yeah, class. you did because because it's, it's not, not there. Right. You're wrong. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> so if this is the case. It would support claims. So there were locals that snuck in to watch Ed work one night, and mm-hmm. they said that when he was moving the stones, first off, he was singing to them. Okay, yeah. Second that's, off, that's a prereq. They just floated. Mm-hmm. He didn't ever touch them. Nice. Right. These um, people hadn't been, say, drinking or something. No, <laughs> they didn't claim to be. No, uh, no. All right. So I guess Will disclaims. The magnet theory. I, I'm going to solidly come down on the no, it's not magnetism theory. But. All right. Yeah, I know. I'm a killjoy. Uh, I know. So I found this blog called the Bohemian Blog, which, solid. They have a great theory that the pamphlets that Ed wrote contained a code. Ah. So they got information <laughs> that there is a sacred esoteric connotation of the number 16 that he's obsessed with because he talks about it quite often and there's numerological studies of the bible and the number 16 is associated with themes of love already i know this is all in new information right (laughs) um so there's 16 names of god in the old testament in which he signifies his love for the children of israel and there's 16 qualities of god's love written by paul to the corinthians okay already right oh sure (laughs) <laughs> I know. It's one of those things where, like, the more you look, the more you find things that support your claims. Oh, so, yeah. like, this is obviously yeah, once, a once you pattern decide, recognition. Once you decide any given thing contains a code, you can you can find that code, I'm sure. Right. And like we've discussed, the 1920s and 30s would have been a time during that, like, spiritual revolution. So mm-hmm. people were looking for an yeah. excuse to say it was related to something spiritual, that it was yeah. some outside force that was helping him. 
So if you think about the witchcraft theory now, mm-hmm. so we're 16 still important. So okay. keep that kind of in the back of your head. The layout of the structure is an homage to the tarot, is this theory. Okay. So if you look at tarot cards, the 16th card of the tarot is the tower. The tower of the castle looks just like the tower on the tarot. Okay. Um, And then there's other symbols in the complex that complement the tarot. So like there's the moon, the stars, and things like that that make an appearance. However, you should note what the tower is in tarot is a sign of destruction, uh, negative consequences, chaos, and downfall. So you probably wouldn't want to live in a structure because that's where he lived was in the Tower of Destruction. Okay. So then there's something called magic squares. It's a square formed with the first 16 numbers, and they're all associated with Jupiter. And there is an area. um, So it's called Coral Castle, but it was also called Rock Gate at one time. And there's an area where they have a throne that's surrounded by celestial bodies, including Jupiter. And since Jupiter was the 16th planet, is that correct? No. <laughs> I didn't think so either. That sounded super wrong when I read it, yeah, and that's why I had to confirm. There are either nine or eight now that ditched Pluto, but yeah. Well, and they said at the time they thought that there were 16 celestial bodies that were surrounding Jupiter, which also okay. sounded wrong. Yeah there, are, yeah, there are a whole ton of moons, and yeah, at any point in time you could argue that, num- that. That number has shifted you know, from the four Galilean moons on up to whatever huge number there is now. So, yeah. So I'm... I'm still saying we'll just go with it. that was yeah. what they said at the time, yes. which this was written in the 30s, maybe. <laughs> the alien theory is mm-hmm. nothing more than literally aliens helped him build it, mm-hmm. or he had alien technology in which to do it, or that he is an alien. Yeah. Those are those are the theories. Those are it. There's no other support with <laughs> this. There. Like, you just look at it. aliens. Yeah. I mean, how else could someone do this? If aliens built the pyramids, then how could he not? Yep, clearly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So here's some little truth in for you. Okay. He was a Freemason. He did masonry in Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> he learned a trade and was good at it. Huh? He learned That's a that... trade and he was really good yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're super into conspiracy, you could probably say he was doing Freemason rituals here because yeah. all of these things that are also supernatural in nature yeah. are also associated with the Freemasons. Yeah. Right. Um, but... There is, there is a lot. There's pentagrams, the Seal of Solomon, and some other astrological themes that are related to it. Uh, however, most likely he was just a mason that knew what he was doing and yeah. liked to make challenge himself. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the theories. Not a, there's no real answer there. Uh, you can read the modern take on what happened. I didn't go into it because I don't really believe that you can say how he really did it yeah. without asking him and getting a truthful answer. And I don't think you ever would have gotten one. So what happens to him? Yeah. In the winter of 1951, at the age of 64, Ed leaves a note on the door because this is just how things worked before we had phones and yeah. internet and yeah. real signs. He left a note on the door on the gate that mm-hmm. said, went to the hospital, hopped on a bus, and goes to Miami. On the way, it's thought that he suffers from a stroke. Okay. And then um, a few days later, he dies in the hospital from a kidney infection. Yeah. Right. It's really sad, actually. Yeah, he put a bummer. lot of work into this place. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. So some of the pictures you can see, um, there's the throne area. There's, like, cof- couches and a coffee table. Hmm. There's beds carved out of stone. Like, he, it almost is like he was building a house for people that lived, lived in stone, not... Yeah. yeah, just kind of a crazy hobby. Yeah. Right. Just, that's interesting. Like, push the boundaries of what he could do with this yep. very odd stone. Um, so when he dies, there's an investigation to determine who the property should rightfully go to. 
they find in his possession $3,500, which today is the equivalent of $35,000. Okay. This is not like drug money or anything crazy, obviously. It's literally from conducting so many tours from the sale of the land and things like that. But it was super strange that he had that much at the time. Because yeah. um, this is 1951. So that would have been right after World War II. Yeah. So he had quite a bit of money for yeah. people suffering from the Depression. Um, so he has no will. Yep. But the state locates a nephew in Michigan named Harry. Unfortunately, the nephew is sick, so he has to sell the property. And there's some contention over whether or not he sells it or the state of Florida sells it, but I'm going to go with him selling it or giving the state permission to sell it for him. Something along those lines. Right. And in 1953, a couple years later, a family in Illinois purchases the place. Um, and the one of the versions that I read of this is that they purchased it thinking they were buying land mm-hmm. and didn't know that didn't this know was on a there. castle on it, right? Yeah, that's Which hilarious. It's kind of funny because like all the stories about, oh, if you believe that, I've got some land in Florida yeah, yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, not just swampland. Um, and the owners from Illinois turned the property into a tourist attraction. There you go. And they changed the name of the castle several times um, from Rockgate, which is what Ed had named the place, to Rockgate Park. Very different. Yeah. And then finally to the Coral Castle. <clears throat> then in the 80s, the property is sold to Coral Castle Incorporated for the amount of about a half a million dollars in today's money. And in 1984, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. Cool. Yeah. So this house is super interesting to me. And it's got kind of a interesting modern, like, anytime you read about, oh, oh my God, words just broke. Mm-hmm. Let's say modern references. That's the yeah. closest I'm going to get for this. There you go. Okay. So sometimes they call Coral... This is my rabbit hole, guys. Sometimes Coral Castle is referred to as Florida Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. Monolith Stone. Yeah. Simple enough. Big rocks. Big rocks, yep. Yeah. In the 1958 film, The Wild Women of Wongo... <laughs> That's one i got to watch. That is one you need to watch, but you have to do it like Mystery Science Theater style. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. And if we could put some puppets in the background and record you laughing at it, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I'll do my best. So they used the Coral Castle as the set for the Dragon God Temple. Perfect. Alrighty. The lunar scenes of the 1961 film Nude on the Moon... There's another good <laughs> There's one for classic, you. Huh? Yep. ...was shot there. In the 1966 children's musical film, Jimmy the Boy Wonder, it was used as a backdrop. I thought you would love this. Yes. Castle of Secrets is an episode of Leonard Nimoy's program In Search Of, and they have a really big dramatization of moving the stones with minimal effort that I (laughs) believe I have also seen. That is hilarious. Nice. Um, In the History Channel's Mysterious Structures, there's a whole series as well as in Ancient Aliens. Okay. Ancient aliens? Ancient aliens. What? They did an episode on everything so far? Yeah. Yes. They... Yes, ancient aliens as in 1930s aliens. I don't know. I don't, I, honestly, ancient aliens has an episode on like DNA <laughs> on and how that it's alien. Yeah. We are yeah. running on alien DNA, which I don't 100% disagree with <laughs> because mitochondria are foreign invaders. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how I feel yeah. on this. You, know, yeah. you got all kinds of fun theories there. But, right? Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard Billy Idol's song Sweet Sixteen? Um, that doesn't leap to mind, actually. It but. didn't for me either. I wish I knew some lyrics because that would make this better. Yeah. But that was inspired by the Coral Castle. I say outside of White Wedding, I don't know too much Billy Idol. So, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. 
Um, but then in 2012, there is a guy who released a book that said how they probably did it based on general engineering principles. Yeah. Wah, wah, Damn engineers wah. and their lack of fun. Yeah. But, they know. kind of put a wet blanket on everything, man. Yeah. You know, because that's, I think, what I saw was some show that was actually saying, well, here's how you can actually do it. And it's really not that bad. It's really you not know. that difficult. You Especially get some levers and pulleys and. Levers and pulleys, and you can use berms to be able to pull things around, and you just, you know, bury things so that you can. Lob stuff up there, dig it back out. Fun suckers. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I like this the idea that people build these things as a monument, but also how kind of creepy is it? Yeah. She she turned you down and you ran across the world and built a giant house for her. Yeah, that's a that's a weird obsession, if true. But I I think I'm kind of in the same boat with you that it sounds like a fun post facto story to throw up there with it you know yeah well i need a good tragic background story for this house let me let me go with this one right and it also kind of explains why he never married again was like oh no Mm. my heart's still somewhere else yeah (laughs) he was an eccentric he didn't like people but then again he also let a lot of people in yeah yeah i have a very conflicting feelings about this but i think it is a lot of it is just stories he made up Sounds like just an old school Florida weirdo. So you know, I know Florida there, man there, there builds lot, house for unrequited love. There are a lot of good ones. So <laughs> there yeah. are. <laughs> so yeah, this has been our Coral Castle. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you, Jenny. Yeah, that's one that. Yeah, I just kind of knew the the bare periphery of, but it's pretty fascinating. So. Yeah. We'll yeah. throw up some good pictures on on Facebook and yep. stuff. So. We'll have to find some good stuff. There's pictures of him, and he is a tiny skeletal little man. <laughs> That is pretty dang tiny. I, yeah. you know, I mean, that's like a sixth grader yeah, size. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 not the sort usually lugging stones around. But you no. never know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Um, you know, rate, review, subscribe, give us likes, all that good stuff. Um, you know, feel free to catch us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. And uh, thank you as always to Hollow State Audio for our intro and outro music. For sure. And, and uh, tell all your friends about us. Oh, yes, yes. Make us gloriously famous. Yes, we want to quit our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. Yeah, for you know, sure. Lie back on all that podcast royalty streaming in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, that's it. That's it. Almost for sure. there. All right. All right. Catch you all later. Bye. Bye.